Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. Today is Saturday, December the 12th, and this is the second to last episode of this season of Behold Pop Culture. Yes, I know. Your Mondays won't be the same without it, but I think the both of us need a break. It'll be some good time for me to rejuvenate, rest, come back prepared to talk about some new topics that'll be presenting themselves in the year 2021. And likewise, you should be spending the end of the year finishing anything you need to do, tying up loose ends, being with family if you can, and preparing for a new year. But with that being said, today is the second of the special episodes where we will be going over the top 10 moments in sports for the year 2020. Now, I hope that if you're in the middle of anything involving exams, involving finishing out work for the end of the year, that everything is going well. I wish you luck. As I know a lot of people like to pile on work to the end of the year, which is not necessarily your fault. Sometimes it's just the way that organizations decide to proceed. But that aside, today we can jump right into the top 10 moments as per usual, sports is our introduction topic to go over. As I mentioned before today, we will be going over the top 10 moments in sports this year. But of course, like I did last time, I have to start with our honorable mentions. The first of which being a recent moment I talked about, which was DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, making an unbelievable catch against the Buffalo Bills. I made an actual play call for this magical catch, and if for any reason you might have missed it, it's worth checking out. This play was uh, three defenders draped on wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, and he leaps above all three of them to come down with a game-winning Hail Mary to overcome the Buffalo Bills. And this was such a recent play, actually the most recent moment on this list that I had to give it an honorable mention. Now, the second honorable mention that I had to put on this list as well was something that I couldn't even boil down to one moment. And I just had to put this all together into one package and say that the Miami Heat's postseason performance deserved a mention of its own. Now, this was riddled with phenomenal plays, Bam out of bio making a game-winning block on Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler putting up 40-plus points to win a game against the Los Angeles Lakers. I could go on and on about the moments that came with this magical run, but overall, I just had to give a round of applause For the Miami Heat, a team who, if you looked at at the beginning of the season, you would not at all have guessed that they would have made it all the way to the NBA Finals, slaying the favorited Bucks to come out of the East, as well as the Boston Celtics that have their own offensive potency that they had to deal with. 
So with little to no expectations, the Miami Heat, led by Jimmy Butler, the underrated star that he is, were able to go as far as to not only make the NBA Finals, but to take down the Los Angeles Lakers twice. The favorited Los Angeles Lakers that many believe to have not just the best player in the NBA, but two of the top five talents in the NBA today. So the Miami Heat is getting a mention on this list for having the longest moment as I'm giving them what seemed to be two to three months of just magical play, beating all the odds under little to no expectations for that team. Now, with the honorable mentions already mentioned, we can dive right in with the top 10 moments with number 10. Tom Brady announcing that he will be leaving the New England Patriots to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and make another run at the Super Bowl. Now to preface with this, if you're unfamiliar, Tom Brady, a player who has already made multiple appearances on Behold Pop Culture, oftentimes because of how great he was, but as of recent because of some disappointment, He's the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Some even say the greatest player to grace the NFL. But after 20 years, the longest standing tenure for a quarterback with an NFL team, and six rings, which isn't too bad either, Thomas Brady decided that he would have a better chance to win a championship alongside the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team as opposed to the team that he had been making the playoffs so consistently with, alongside the greatest coach in NFL history. Now, I wouldn't say that the surprise was in Tom Brady leaving. There seemed to be some bad blood brewing. The team itself's talent was depleted, and they didn't have much of a future because they spent up so much with their draft picks and overall assets to be able to compete for so long. But the conversation had been around him joining a playoff team. Teaming up with a team that was on the verge of winning a Super Bowl but might not have had the quarterback talent necessary to compete when they needed it. But it seemed like he shoved those teams aside as he decided that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had exactly what he needed to display his offensive ability. So he would go down to where the weather is nice in Florida, team up with an offense that was already potent with Jameis Winston, the prior quarterback, and a solid defense that he felt was well-equipped to compete in the playoffs. Now this moment will be extended if he somehow finds a way to win a Super Bowl with the team. And who knows, in 2021, when I'm making my top 10 moments list, he might be number one if he finds a way to win a championship with them. But alas, we still have plenty of time to see what the end result of this decision will be. As if he doesn't at least make the conference finals, the typical sports media will beat him down and criticize his decision to leave what was the greatest dynasty in the history of sports. Number 9. 
Zion Williamson, the number one pick in the NBA draft, makes his NBA debut. Now, Zion Williamson had become one of, if not the most popular player entering the NBA draft since LeBron James. He physically was unlike any of his peers as he was 260 pounds but could jump higher than pretty much everyone else in his class. He has an athleticism unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. There's so little comparisons because his size, if I'm not mistaken, he came in as the heaviest player in the NBA, yet he could outjump 99% of the players. It's unbelievable what we were able to see him do in college as he attended Duke University. So coming into the NBA, all the hype was through the roof. He signed with Jordan Brand, obviously a great pairing with the whole theme of being able to jump out the gym, and seemed to don the crown as the new prince of the NBA. But unfortunately, he would enter the season injured. The biggest concern with him has been injury because of how unbelievable his size is to match his skill set. So when he came in the middle of the season to debut, people were a little wary as to whether or not he would be able to handle a full workload in the NBA. So in his first game, he would play with a minutes restriction, but there were plenty of eyes watching to see what he would do. And after a relatively slow start, in the fourth quarter, Zion Williamson proceeded to score 17 straight points to put his team in the lead. Yes, you heard that correctly. A player whose health was still in question would come out on a minute's restriction And I may have forgotten to mention here, it wasn't just the fact that he scored 17 straight points, but this athletic freak of nature, a player who appeared to be unstoppable in the paint, scored four three-pointers in that span. A player who was not known, Zion was not known as a three-point shooter at all. So for him to come in his debut and not only make one three-pointer, but to make four and not miss a single one, it was something to behold. And as the crowd cheered him on, he would be pulled from the game to make sure he didn't take too much of a toll on his body, but go on to show that he was by far the best rookie in his class to close out the season. And that's no knock on John Morant, the Rookie of the Year, because he played well in his own right. But Zion Williamson is something like the NBA has not seen before. Number eight, the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, Nate Robinson, Jake Paul boxing match. Now, this was announced way earlier in the year as they built up hype for this event as one of the greatest boxers in history, Mike Tyson, would come out of retirement, get back in shape, and have an exhibition match against also former boxer Roy Jones. 
And coming into the night, everyone was excited to see this fight and expected it to be the best fight of the night, though there were some restrictions on how the fight could play out. But the biggest thing about the fight didn't even end up being Mike Tyson. It was number one, Snoop Dogg's great commentating. He made the entire night fun to watch. But it was the undercard fight in Jake Paul fighting Nate Robinson. And this was a fight that did not get the attention that it ultimately warranted after the fight because Jake Paul, the YouTuber, wasn't respected as a real fighter. And likewise, Nate Robinson, the former NBA player, wasn't respected as a boxer either. So a lot of people came into the night expecting it to be uh, two unskilled boxers throwing punches here and there, at times landing some significant hits, but nothing too entertaining to witness. But man, was everyone wrong. Nate Robinson, the clearly more dedicated athlete of the two throughout their lives, and the more decorated athlete at that, as Nate Robinson was one of the most athletic people at his size in sports history. Nate Robinson came into the fight expecting to be able to flex his athleticism and former history as a professional athlete to beat Jake Paul. But what ended up happening was Nate Robinson came into the first round of the fight just swinging, throwing haymakers. But not only were they not landing, but... Nate Robinson didn't seem to carry the strength to truly damage Jake Paul with these types of hits. It seemed that the only way for him to win would have been to wear Jake Paul down with accurate punches, but he was far from prepared to do that in this fight. So Jake Paul, the far larger fighter, the more well-built fighter, just started wailing on him. Blow after blow after blow until he knocked Nate Robinson to the ground. Nate looked like he didn't know what hit him. But he was able to get up. And he was able to survive into the second round where midway into the round, boom! Jake Paul knocks him to the ground out cold. Oh, man. And just as Jake Paul promised before the fight, he quite literally dribbled Nate Robinson's head off the canvas. Nate Robinson plunged face first into the ground and was asleep. He needed a pillow to take a nap after sustaining such a crazy hit. And the pride of the night wasn't Mike Tyson coming out of retirement and actually looking like a great fighter. It was the Nate Robinson memes flooding the timeline as he took a loss not just for himself, but for his NBA brethren. Now, luckily, I'm able to joke about it now because as reported by him, he's in good health, but it was not a pretty scene as he took a ridiculous hit to the face. And was knocked out cold. Number 7. The Los Angeles Dodgers win their first World Series of the century. Now this is one of the 
more self-explanatory moments of the year as winning a championship is important in whatever sport you win because you're winning on the highest level. But the Dodgers winning a championship meant a little bit more in light of the events that took place this year. It's been a rough couple years for big figures in Los Angeles. And likewise, baseball had got hit by the coronavirus pretty harshly as they struggled to come through and finish out their season, but they found a way to do it without having a bubble. I won't spend too much time talking about this, but it earned itself a seventh spot just because of the relevance of the city of Los Angeles, the city of angels, and this storied franchise finding their first World Series win of the 2000s. Number six. Lamar Jackson wins the NFL MVP. Lamar Jackson, in his second year being an NFL quarterback, his first year starting as an NFL quarterback, was a very controversial player, a very polarizing player as well. Lamar Jackson coming out of college, he was a Heisman winner. He seemed to be a clear talent at the position. He came into the league with a lot of narratives surrounding him as several people in the media seemed to believe that he did not have the prowess to be an NFL quarterback. One of the biggest quotes following him in the draft was a reporter (laughs) claiming that Lamar Jackson will be better served playing running back in the NFL. So coming into his first season, he would be a backup to Joe Flacco and would really only get meaningful minutes in the playoffs when Joe Flacco was benched and Lamar Jackson almost led the Baltimore Ravens to a playoff win. But even with that, he still carried the narrative coming into this season that all he really was was a fresh pair of legs, a guy who could take off at will, but his accuracy was too atrocious for him to be successful at the NFL level. But boy, were they wrong. Lamar Jackson proceeded to have, and I'm saying it here, the greatest rushing season for any NFL quarterback in history, accompanied by a highly successful regular season where he only lost two games. He dominated the league as no one could figure out how to guard him. They thought that all he could do was run, but once his accuracy started to show, it was unguardable. People could not figure out this offense until the postseason. So he would have one of the greatest seasons for an NFL quarterback and become the second ever unanimous NFL MVP on the back of a 14-2 season for the Baltimore Ravens. Not bad for a running back. But one of the bigger pieces of this story that gained it such a high position in the moments of the year was the fact that Lamar Jackson seemingly ushered in the validity of investing in a black quarterback to lead your franchise to success. So he would form what at that time for the end of the season was The first time that I could at least remember or note where the best quarterbacks in the league were all black quarterbacks. 
Lamar Jackson, who you have to rank at one during the regular season. Patrick Mahomes, who is phenomenal in his own right and also won an MVP in his first season starting. And Russell Wilson, who consistently has been an MVP caliber quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks and has won a Super Bowl. So congratulations to Lamar Jackson for that. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs winning a Super Bowl. Now, here we have a back-to-back NFL moments where the aforementioned Patrick Mahomes, who is at this present moment the best quarterback in the NFL by many people's metrics, was able to lead his team, the Kansas City Chiefs, all the way to winning the well-deserved NFL championship. And he hoisted up the Lombardi alongside a team that believed in him from the very beginning. Now, in this championship, aside from the fact that the Chiefs achieved what only 1 in 32 teams do every single year, Patrick Mahomes, a player who's on pace to becoming the greatest quarterback of all time, led a comeback against one of the best defenses I've seen in recent history in the 49ers defense, a team that also had a stout run game. But the Niners were also up 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And Patrick Mahomes was able to overcome that lead. He became the youngest player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl and an NFL MVP. Not to mention that he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And one of only three black starting quarterbacks to lead their team to win the Super Bowl. This was just a great moment for that team and for Patrick Mahomes' legacy. And this moment would allow him to become the highest paid NFL quarterback, NFL player in history. As he signed a $500 million contract. Oh my gosh. He needs to lend me some money with all of that. And he laughed all the way to the bank with his Super Bowl championship trophy his Super Bowl ring, and Super Bowl MVP. Quite a start to an NFL career. Number four, the NBA players, specifically the Milwaukee Bucks, deciding to go on strike in protest of the police brutality moments that were taking place. Now, this was a moment that I spoke about when I first decided to convert to this format for my podcast, if you were still here when that happened. And I got a little bit of my thoughts out. My most honest thoughts about the moments came out in that episode. So I would recommend going back if you want to hear a little bit deeper of my opinions on what took place. But this was a A significant moment because the Milwaukee Bucks were going into a playoff game. An important game for them as they were on their path to trying to win the NBA championship. And they just decided not to play. They made the players on the Orlando Magic aware that they would be protesting. And they didn't come out to play. The Magic players walked off the court. And this effectively chained into all the games for that day being canceled. 
and the games in the following day also being canceled where a lot of the players in the bubble came together, had a discussion with the officials in the NBA, and decided a plan, a plan that would enable the NBA to do a little bit more in contributing to communities that needed help, especially the black community. I was going through a fairly traumatic sequence of events that the whole country seemed to be put on hold to take notice of. So as I did then, I'm going to now commend the players making that decision, stepping up, getting the NBA to do a little bit more to enable those communities, whether it was setting up voting booths, making better donations, more missions, initiatives to incentivize players to help their communities. It was a moment that shifted all of sports as all of ESPN, everything just seemed to take a pause. And the whole sports network media was dominated by these announcers, these personalities sharing their opinions on what had took place. And also Kyrie Irving, he deserves some credit for having some foresight into what would take place. Number three, the Kobe Bryant tributes that took place all around the world. Now, I could go on for hours and hours and hours talking about Kobe Bryant's legacy. So I just chose to reserve this spot at number three to take notice of the fact that after the unfortunate helicopter crash that took down not just Kobe Bryant, but his daughter and a few other families that were on this flight, there was a a moment where the entire world, it seemed like, took notice of what was taking place, not just in the hearts of NBA fans, not just in the hearts of Kobe Bryant fans, but just in the hearts of people that looked up to uh, one of the greatest players in NBA history, hands down, no debate. And in notice of this, players across every sport made their tributes, whether it was the NBA players taking 24 seconds to hold the ball in the beginning of games to honor Kobe, whether it was soccer players putting up a 2-4 to show their appreciation for what he did. He was quite literally the biggest global basketball star outside of Michael Jordan. And you could argue that Kobe Bryant was bigger than Michael Jordan in places like China, where he frequently visited and contributed mentored players out internationally. But this was a seemingly unavoidable moment, as everyone was aware, even if you never watched a single minute of NBA basketball, that this important figure in Kobe Bryant had passed away. And people honored him, his family his daughter, the other passengers on the flight. And it was heartwarming to see so many people share their stories on the way that he touched their lives. And I think I could speak for everyone out there in the world in saying that a lot of people try to figure out what's the value of your life once it's over. And I can offer a potential answer there in saying that it's your legacy. Who have you impacted? 
and not necessarily how many people, but how have you impacted the people that you have come into contact with? If you've only impacted one person, but you've changed their lives phenomenally for the better, that's a good way to measure the value of your legacy when it's all said and done. I might be biased because Kobe Bryant was my favorite athlete of all time, but I'm sure that the lesson I just shared that was baked into the tributes warranted it getting a number three spot on this list. And at number two, back to back, we have the Los Angeles Lakers winning the 2020 NBA championship. Now, there's plenty of narratives that come along with it, but in light of the previous moment that I just mentioned, this was a championship that wasn't even about LeBron James winning his fourth championship. It wasn't about Anthony Davis winning his first championship. It wasn't even about being the first league to successfully finish out the season amidst the coronavirus concerns to have zero cases in the bubble, to be able to seamlessly have everyone carry out whatever they needed to do, to lead the charge for businesses to get back working. Neither was it about the Lakers winning their first championship since 2010 and firmly settling down as the most winningest, if that's a word, team in NBA history. This was about the Los Angeles Lakers dedicating this entire season, regardless of the turnout, to Kobe Bryant and everything that he gave to the city of Los Angeles, not just the team that is the Lakers. So they gave it their all. And what was a hard-fought battle, they took down the teams they needed to take down. LeBron James was great in the moments that he needed to be. And likewise, Anthony Davis delivered. And LeBron James delivered the city a championship. As the MVP of the finals, he delivered the city a championship not because he wanted to prove that he was the greatest player, but because... He wanted to give a gift to his friend who's hopefully looking down on him, trying to be great. The torch was officially passed. LeBron has to lead the way for the Lakers' legacy and carry on what Kobe carried for 20 years. (laughs) That's a long time. It's unfortunate that this couldn't be the number one moment on this list Because the number one moment was something so ridiculous, so out of this world. In fact, it wasn't just out of this world, but it led to the world being shut down. Now, what could I have put at number one that affected the entire world? None other than Utah Jazz Center, Rudy Gobert. Not just catching the coronavirus, no, that wasn't enough for him. I have to give him this energy because it was ridiculous what he did. He catches the coronavirus unknowingly, but in the middle of being sick, he was joking about the coronavirus. There's footage of him rubbing people's heads, 
rubbing microphones, joking with the media. Oh, don't stay so far back. Come touch these microphones that I just rubbed my hands all over. Who is this guy? Imagine in the middle of a pandemic, you're joking about coronavirus, regardless of how you felt about it. Rubbing microphones? Rubbing other players' heads? Don't rub my head if it wasn't a pandemic. Why are you touching on all of this stuff? This is just simple common sense dealing with germs. Why at the number one spot does it have to be Rudy Gobert shutting down the world? Shutting down the NBA by spreading the coronavirus? What? Whose man's is this? In the middle of a game that I just so happened to be watching where the Thunder were going to play the Utah Jazz, the game just seemed to not start. I was confused. I know usually it takes a little long to set it up, but the players were kind of just standing out on the court. And as news just started to come down the pipeline, eventually they announced that the game was canceled. That's a little weird. But as time went on, minute after minute, second after second, the the bomb drops. Boom. Rudy Gobert has coronavirus. Oh, okay. I mean, that's kind of crazy. He's the first NBA player to test positive for it. But I get it. That game gets shut down. But oh, no, that wasn't enough. Rudy Gobert tests positive for the coronavirus but has been touching on all types of hair, feet, faces, mics. And he's interacted with four to six teams in the last two weeks. And in the same night that that game got canceled, the National Basketball Association suspended its season. And it seemed like after that, it was all downhill as all the lockdowns and coronavirus scare just boiled up to becoming a reality as people started to look and see, oh, the NBA shut down? Baseball's about to shut down? Oh, this is serious. It was pandemonium as the schools proceeded to shut down and everyone ended up being stuck at home. It's unfortunate, but that is my number one moment in sports for 2020. Now, if you stayed this long, I appreciate you listening. And while I would love to give you more information on what happened in the other industries, as I did prepare for today, I'm starting to see that The time is looking a little wee bit long here, and I think it would be best served for me to preserve the information I have now for the season finale that we'll be dropping next week. And I'll give you a little bit of a mega episode there. You'll have plenty of content to hold you out, hopefully, throughout the end of the year. So I'm going to call this episode here and proceed with my outro. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you taking out your time to see what I believe to be the top 10 moments in sports 
for the year 2020. Please let me know what you think. Leave a like, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or just if you have my contact information, let me know any ways that you think that this podcast could get better. I've kept a little inventory on improvements that I would like to make when I come back for season two. But otherwise, join me next week when I come back with not just the top 10 moments in music for the year, but a full jam-packed session where I'll give my opinion on how sports will be up until my return, how film will be up until my return as I won't be here for some pretty big releases, and how gaming will be until I come back. And just to preface, I won't be gone for too long. I'll be back before the next semester of school returns. There'll be plenty for me to talk about as the NFL will enter its playoffs and the NBA as well, but I'll give you a little bit more detailed of a layout of how long I'll be gone and things of that nature for next episode. So again, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. This is the best podcast on the planet. It's called Behold Pop Culture.